Hey guys, I want to announce the first ever episode here in our office. It's the second season of the Gentech Marketing Podcast. And today it's me and Christian. We want to use this chance to actually talk about coaches and how we work with coaches so that they can grow their business. Gentech Podcast discussing business, investing, and marketing. So how are you doing today? I'm good, man. Are I feel good. Are you excited for this new setup? Of course. I feel like we're throwing it back to when we used to record um, <laughs> at our old office, just me and you, just like right off the phone. And now it's like a completely different thing just because we've been um, interviewing so many different guests and so many different business owners. Um, obviously, season one of the Gentech podcast was mm-hmm. over Google Meet. We were just trying to get into the world, trying to get into podcasting and doing that stuff. So I'm super excited for what we have going on right now. We definitely had a lot of amazing conversations, a lot of amazing business owners that just were able to share their knowledge. So for second, like for the second season, I really want to take it up a notch mm-hmm. and really get some even like bigger business owners here to really of share course. their knowledge. But today we're talking about coaches, right? Back at it. So you work with coaches pretty much on a daily basis. Um, first of all, let's talk about what a coach truly is. So. Mm-hmm. In their eyes and in your eyes, what is a business coach? So this is one thing that I find people don't really understand. They think that they have to make some major life uh, milestone in order to become a coach. Mm. When the truth is to be a coach or slash a mentor, whatever you want to call it, all you need to do is to have uh, done something that other people would like to do as well. So some coaches are like, or some people in business are like, oh, I have to make a a hundred thousand dollars a month or a million dollars a month before I can become a coach. Well, guess what? There's a lot of people that just want to make 10K a month and they're happy with that. So if you know how to do that, then you can teach that to them as well. So why not take that opportunity to become a coach? And again, it's just like some people that are doing things that other people want to do as well. I had that issue kind of in my beginning stages of business. You know, I had like a lot of great ideas and I had visions for business owners, but I'm like, why would they listen to me? Right? I don't have the like business to back end what I'm saying and why would they like actually pay me for my knowledge. But a lot of people just out there are great at educating people, right? Even though they might have not done it, Mm -hmm. maybe they're really good at it. So I definitely understand where you're coming from. And I think if someone does have that mindset, just go ahead and pursue like coaching. And I think the market will tell you if you're a good coach or not, right? hundred percent. I mean, think about it, like people in college, their professors, even if you're taking a business class, that doesn't mean your professor built a hundred million dollar company. It just means that they understand principles in business, right? And there is this idea that, oh, like, why would I learn business in school if I can learn it in real life? And my professors, if they haven't built a business like I have, why will I learn from them? Sure, you can look at it that way, but also taking what they know and applying it to your business if you wanna be this like self-made, like without mm-hmm. school, um, you can obviously utilize what they have. Looking at it in a lens that they don't know because they haven't done it is the first mistake in entrepreneurship is thinking that you're right all the time. It truly is, it truly is. So let's dive deep into it. So, you know, coaches do come to us, they're looking to Mm -hmm. either fix their current sales process or they're looking to take their business to the next level. Mm -hmm. What's the ultimate like first step whenever a coach Mm -hmm. does come to you? What do you guys discuss? So first things first, I kind of go through their program as if I am a customer like as if I am a student, Mm. uh, just because I really want to understand where the drawback is. Most coaches, funny enough, even if they're making 100K a month plus, they are so unorganized on their systems that it's it's wild to me that they even scale to that point sometimes. Mm. So 
I split everything into the three like angles of the triangle. So you have the sales, you have the marketing, and you have the delivery. Most coaches might be amazing at marketing and sales, but their program sucks, right? Or their program might be amazing, but nobody knows about it. Mm -hmm. Or they have certain number of leads, but they're really bad at sales, but their program's amazing. So like, you need to find where the leak in the funnel is and kind of like work on that. What I like to do is build a scalable revenue ecosystem for them, which is basically breaking down every single one of the three and taking it to the highest level possible. I mean, obviously we can talk about each one separately. And we will, um, but I wanna ask you, how do you find the leak in their boat? So they have everything going on, like how do you truly find where the fall off is? Um, it's funny because people lie, numbers don't. People can say, oh, I'm a killer at sales. All right, let me see your conversion rate. People can be like, oh, I have tons of leads. What's your cost per lead? People can be like, my program's amazing. I'm like, okay, how many five stars do you have? How many referrals are being sent? So it's really not hard to find the leak in the funnel if you're looking at it from a different lens. If you're looking at the same thing over and over and over again, it's gonna look the same to you. So that's why these business owners and these coaches come to us because they're like, all right, let me get an outside perspective and that's what makes all the difference. I love that you brought that up because you know, even with our clients and a lot of businesses that do come to us for help, as soon as they don't get the result, they think it's the marketing, but there's so much more behind that, right? So we can generate the leads, but what happened during the nurturing phase? How many times did you call? What happened during the delivery phase? Like, did you actually deliver a good like service? So I think as a business owner, especially if you're like a coach, which, which typically it's one person running the whole mm -hmm. show, you need to look at everything. 100%. And you know, having kind of us with the experience, we can kind of guide you on where the fallout is. But say you find a leak, right? So right. maybe it's a sales process, maybe it's a marketing. What's the next step for them? Next step is really breaking it down to its simplest form. Um, as in the offer, um, as in the copywriting, as in the niche research. This is the stuff that people don't really think about and they're like, oh, like I already know who my client, uh, my ideal client is. I'm like, no, you don't. Like you really don't. Like if you really think about it and if you really ask yourself psychological questions to pull out who your actual clients are, your clients are everywhere. You don't really know who your client is. That's for the mo most business. I'm not saying that's for everybody. Of course, like some people or have like 20, 30 marketers on their team and they know who their uh, target market is. But for the majority of coaches, they simply don't know that because they're solopreneurs, you know? They're very smart, very successful, very hardworking, but also very unorganized. So uh, knowing these things is a game, -changing, game changer for them because then they can scale in an evergreen fashion. They can never stop scaling if they know the answers to these questions. And I know that's the first step whenever we do work with a coach in the scale right. of revenue ecosystem is finding your ideal client. And our, our PDF is pretty long. What is roughly five to six pages. We're yeah. really digging deep into it. But like, what's the top one or two things that really define an ideal client through our process? That's a great question. So most people think that their ideal client is chosen on the targeting side of the ad, when that's not really the case. Their, their ideal client is found by copywriting for that client. So for example, if you're talking to chiropractors and um, you, instead of going to the targeting on the ad and saying chiropractors, what you would do is you would copyright for chiropractors. You would use terms that chiropractors use. You would use verbiage that if an average Joe heard you in the supermarket say, they would be like, I don't know what that is. But if a chiropractor heard you, he'd stop you and answer or get into the conversation. And it's really all about the little finesse that goes into everything because at the end of the day like you do need a certain level of elevated psychological understanding of the human psyche in order to actually be able to get people to stop scrolling and give you ten thousand dollars right. it takes a big 
change, it takes a lot of emotion in order to make that happen. And I like one thing that you bring up with all our clients is the fact of, you know, ask them, okay, what is the cost of the package? And they might say 20,000, 30,000 for like Amazon and so forth. Right. But then we always tell them, shoot for the higher like tier, right? right? So if the client needs to make 30, say, hey, if you have 40K to invest, 100%. That way, like you get the higher tier, but then even if they fall short, it's still your ideal client. 100%. That's the thing with coaches is they want to target everybody. They want to talk to everybody, even though they have an ideal client. They're like, oh, all I want is my clients to have like a couple thousand bucks. But the truth is, if you speak to that person who has a couple thousand bucks, the person who has a hundred thousand bucks is not going to talk to you. <laughs> so if you copyright for the person who is the top of the triangle. So if you think about it, the triangle, it, we, we break it into three layers. Number one, like the top of the triangle, it's obviously the smallest part of the triangle, meaning there's the least amount of people within that audience, but it's the audience that has the most money. It's the client that will hop on the call with you and close right away, pay you, not ask for a discount, and not give you a headache when it comes to fulfillment. Mm -hmm. That's the ideal client for any business, right? Like, even if you own an online store, you want the client that's not gonna use a discount code and is gonna buy a ton of items and is not gonna ask for a refund. So that's the ideal client for everybody. Now there is a middle tier, and that's where there's slightly more people, but they're people that are slightly below your ideal client, as in, instead of, let's say, you're selling something for $10,000, it's the individual with $8,000, which is still a good person, like good qualified client. You can still work with them at a certain offer, but they're not the bottom of the triangle, which the majority of the population lies in, which is the person who has, doesn't have $200 to invest and they wanna make a million bucks, and. Obviously, exactly. we know that doesn't mix well. <laughs> so the next one is actually my most exciting part. And it's the fact of our side and like our client side where they generate leads and call, they lead, call their leads and they're just unqualified, right? They say, I got 100 leads, but most of them aren't picking up. They're not qualified and so forth. Mm -hmm. So I want to like showcase exactly how we filter them through through our funnel with right. the VSL and sending them to the appointment and they're only booking if they're qualified. So you do mind tapping into the fact of not having to worry about the 9% of leads that are unqualified because that's not our goal. Like our goal is to find the ones that are qualified through that process. So I do believe that unqualified leads do have their benefits. I feel like unqualified leads, um, since they can't work with you, they're gonna talk about you and thus their friends who are qualified, they're gonna hear about you. So it goes a little beyond just the paid traffic and organic traffic and online reach. It's also based about like reputation. So I do believe that they have their own benefits, but in order to talk to your ideal client, it's not just about copywriting for them. That's important. But the biggest thing is excluding the people who are not part of your audience. What I mean by this is the following. Let's say your program is high ticket and you're selling something for $10,000, right? If in your ad or in your VSL or in your uh, uh, funnel, you don't say things along the lines of, if you do not have $10,000, please do not book a call. Or if you do not, this is only for people who have $10,000 or more. This is gonna filter them out. Because if they see that, they're gonna be like, this person has no chill. Like they were telling me straight up, like either I'm qualified or I'm not qualified because they don't have time to waste because their time is valuable. And that even pushes you higher along the triangle because people that do have 100,000 now are gonna give you the time of day because they're like, okay, well, they're not talking to everybody, so let me go talk to them. Of so um, that's how it works. It's more about exclusion rather than inclusion. And I love that because like I said, you can't eliminate the low quality leads, mm. but you can filter them through. 100%. Pretty much through our funnel, we say at least four or five times, like, hey, if you do not have this money, 
don't book a call, right? You still might get like a few that slip through, of course, but at least you're not like dealing with all the leads that are coming through. So that's really the goal is to speak to the top of the triangle, get the top of the triangle, and then have something slip through the middle of the triangle and then evade as much as you can of the bottom of the triangle. If you get a couple, no problem, cancel the call, not the biggest deal. <laughs> All right, so let's jump into the funnel itself, right? Mm -hmm. So the first step, and it depends on how the funnel is set up truly, mm -hmm. but I want to talk about the VSL. Mm -hmm. um, we know back in the day VSLs worked, funnels worked, people think it's dying out. Mm -hmm. The system isn't dying out, it's the way you do it, right? So yeah. within our VSL, we focus on selling and just pitching within those eight minutes instead of educating that much. So what are like the main things that you tell our coaches to like really put in the VSL? 100%. So uh, back in the day, 45 minute VSLs were the way to go. When really now as a coach, what you're trying to sell is a person that wants to elevate their life, right? So they want to um, invest and they have large amounts of money. They just want to make more of it. So rather than targeting the individual who doesn't have money, who wants to make some money, you're targeting people with some money who wants to make a lot of money. Thus, these people with some money, they don't have a lot of time. They want to pay a coach because they don't want to go try themselves because they don't have the time to do that. So they don't kind of, they don't have the time to watch your long VSL either. Now keep in mind, sure, if you run millions of dollars of traffic to a 45 minute VSL, it'll do amazing. You can run millions of dollars of traffic to a six hour VSL and it'll probably do well as well. But to do the best, you need a short form VSL that um, sets up the meeting. So most people in the VSL are trying to educate and trying to make themselves seem as the expert. When the truth is, if they're there, they, you're already the expert. Like you don't need to earn that trust. Again, you don't need to keep earning that trust over and over again. So you present what you have through your unique mechanism. And that's the point of the VSL is just to present your unique mechanism and explain why your unique mechanism is the best way for someone to grow their business. So let's jump into that. What is a unique mechanism? A unique mechanism is something that um, is created by the business owner, by the coach, in order to create a system that is their own. So in a sense, everybody knows dropshipping. It's a very vague term, right? So dropshipping to you can mean something different than what dropshipping is to me. But what if my version of dropshipping works and yours doesn't? Calling the dropshipping will put us in the same boat. Thus, we will be the same, even though my system works and yours doesn't, right? Mm. Versus if I created a version of dropshipping of my own, I called it, for example, I don't know. Um, automated dropshipping or something like that. Something like different um, and just creating the value behind that term and that thing, kind of like what we have the scalable revenue ecosystem. Mm -hmm. um, that is a ecosystem that we created that has shown to be successful just because like you said, VSLs, they can either be considered dead or good. Um, funnels can be either considered dead or good. The way we do it, we know is good. So we're not gonna rope it in with everybody else's funnels. Yep. That's our unique mechanism. Thus, you got to build your own too. I don't think people understand the true value behind that because when you shift over, you're not selling a service anymore. You're selling like a process, a system. And when you're selling a system, it just separates you and secludes you from everyone else. Because even from the sales process that we talked about, ads are just one portion. If you don't have everything, it's not going to work. So even with drop shipping, yeah. Even if you have the like foundation, you have the website, you have like the products, but it's not working, probably because you're missing something else. You're missing the ads, you're missing the nurturing, you're missing the email marketing and so forth. So I think if they find their like unique mechanism and then create a full process, that's when you can go from charging 5,000 to 10,000, 20,000. Cause then no one can say, Hey, 
he's selling a drop shipping course for 500 bucks, why should I go to you? Mm -hmm. Because I'm not selling that. I'm selling something completely different, yeah. right? That is proven to work. 100%. So within the VSL, I know like, this is going to dive into exactly what we charge for, mm -hmm. right? People pay us over to 20,000 just to like get this information. But let's give them like a little sneak peek of exactly what they should cover within that VSL mm -hmm. if they're not just like educating. Right, so uh, just to break it down, um, the VSL, like I said, is to set up the meeting. So within the VSL, the first thing you need to do is reiterate the ad, but in an extended format. So if your ad is 60 seconds, your VSL should be your ad as a five minute format or a four minute format or something sh short like that. We we honestly find that the longer the videos, the more information you get, but the longer the videos, the less qualified booked appointments you get. So work on your shorter videos, you know what I mean? But obviously don't make it like 60 seconds long because then that's not truly like a VSL, you know? So I really do feel around the four to five minute mark would be the best. Um, currently we're trying to trim ours down because it's really hard. You know, when you, when you put so much time and effort and value and and work into every little second in this video, it's so hard to trim it down because then you feel like you're missing out on giving the, the, the individual on the other side of the screen the information, but it's gonna have to come to that because you need to set up the meeting. That's the whole point of the VSL is not to answer all questions, but to create a big question mark. Exactly. All right, so say we have the funnel set up, we know our ideal client, now we need to run some ads. Right. So how do you set up the ads? So of course there's so many different ways to set up ads, but the method that I find that does the best is a human to human connection. People don't really want to spend high ticket dollars amounts with um, a non-person, if you will. So like, um, if you ask me like, sure, I'll go to Apple, I'll buy a computer, no problem. Like I'll buy a laptop. How many individuals do you know that are buying a 30, $40,000 Mac Pro or whatever? Most people are gonna buy the MacBook Pro or the MacBook Air just cause it's a thousand dollars. That's the entry line. That's cause what everybody has. Right. But if you're a coach, you can sell something for $50,000. Does that mean you're better than Apple? No, that means you have a human to human connection. So what that means is through the ad, you need to film it as the individual themselves. Most people are like, oh, can I get a graphic or can I get a video of like something else? Like, I'm like, no, like get yourself in the video because people want to buy from you. People are mm -hmm. not trying to just pay for the information. People want to get the information from an individual they know can help them. So that's why the individual within the ad is important. And then of course, editing that video prior to even setting up the ad is another huge factor. Um, of course, most people scroll on their phone while it's muted. So most videos play muted. So one thing that's a super easy fix is adding captions. Captions now, people can go to Fiverr, people can come to us within our scalable revenue ecosystem. Of course, we do the editing for people. Um, but if you guys go to our Instagram, you can actually go see the type of captions that we put. I'm sure you've even seen them on your explore page or your TikTok or whatever. Um, just so that the individual seeing the ad that has their phone muted can still understand what you're trying to say. Now, what should they say in the ad? Then that this is the best um, thing about the ad is it can fit in 60 seconds and that's your time limit pretty much. So um, you need to call out your market, state your offer, which is another thing to even talk about is an evergreen offer. Call out your market, state your offer, do a call to action, and then give a testimonial and potentially, you can do multiple testimonials and then potentially another final call to action. Um, and again, don't try to sell your service within the video of the ad, try to sell the next step, which is going to watch the video. 
And then when it comes to the copy itself, what do you recommend? Short copies, long copies, what do you include in copy? Um, I would say try everything, like split test everything always. Um, I find that long copy um, seems to work better for coaches, short copy seems to work better for other businesses. So find what works for you. I definitely find that copies with testimonials in them, copies with um, similar style to the ad where you call out your market, you state your offer and you do a call to action tend to do well as well. Um, and uh, yeah, great question. <laughs> now, I appreciate you sharing everything so far. I think there's a lot of information mm. and the thing is like we're truly giving them every single step of, you know, our mm. revenue, scalable revenue ecosystem. And if they just implemented themselves, they would see like a dra drastic increase, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but let's dive into the, okay, we got a lead. Now, how do we nurture and close them? So typically we build out like a CRM for them and a Right. whole sequence that's getting like sending out like automatic emails, automatic mm -hmm. texts and so forth. So talk about a little bit about the CRM and what's involved in that process. Of course. So it's actually funny because right now we're testing multiple CRMs for clients. So I'm in a bunch of sequences. So I'm getting texted like every five seconds. Uh, but nevertheless, the whole point of the CRM is the CRM is basically giving you the keys to a Ferrari. That's what it is. So you have the option to drive the speed limit and you have the option to go 200 miles an hour, right? Obviously that's illegal on the road. That's not illegal on the internet. So your CRM is what you make out of it. So when you set up all your sequences and once you set up all your automation that sends people automatically into your CRM, the whole point is to automate so you do less work so the computer does more work. So that's like uh, when you're setting up your CRM, look at 1% improvements. Look at what you have and look at what you can add onto it. So you can have SMS sequence. Why don't you have an email one? Add an email one. Why don't you have uh, pre-booked call like invites? Do that. Why don't you have call reminders? Do that. SMS reminders for calls. Do that. Automations that sends people from your funnel over to your CRM without you having to import. Do that. You know, creating a sales pipeline where you can have your leads organized. Do that. Adding notes to your leads when you're done with the calls. Do that. You know, so like so many little things that people with CRMs are like, just I'm just storing my contacts there. Like, why would you store your contacts <laughs> if you can do all these different things? It also falls into a portion of our clients' issues when it comes to like coaching. They really don't know their numbers. They don't know what percent they're closing. They don't know what's their exact like, return on investment. They don't know what's their like cost per booked appointment. Mm -hmm. So one portion is looking at the ads itself, mm -hmm. but the second portion is looking at the numbers from the CRM. So unless you're updating your CRM as you go, you won't know your numbers 100%. and you know, say you're generating leads from different sources, you tag the source. So every lead has a tag like Facebook lead, website lead, so forth. And then you go back and see exactly, okay, how many leads did I get in? Mm -hmm. How many closed? What did I close for? And so forth. Mm -hmm. So that's why like this whole system is important because if you're running leads, but you don't know which ones are converting from what source, then you're just throwing money and hope something sticks. Exactly. Like how many clients came to us and said they spent 70 K and not maybe got one like close like we had like clients come to us and say that yeah but one call not a close true that yeah. um, i was trying to give them like a little more benefit to it yeah yeah no but, <laughs> but i mean it's not the client's fault you know what i mean like they were given a wrong system to utilize because you can't tell like what what is working and what's not but say like they did have one close and they couldn't tell where it came from right then you know we want to discontinue the other stuff um another example is like people that come to us and they're doing tv ads they're doing billboards, they're doing social media marketing. 100%. And they come to us and they say, we're spending too much. I don't know what's working. We need mm -hmm. someone to just come and clean it up. Yeah. Right, so that's why you need to have these systems in place. And 
if you're looking to scale your business, like it's important because then you know, every dollar you're spending, you know where it's going and you know what it should give you back. Um, so when it comes to the sales process, so they get the leads right, what is the sales process like when they're actually pitching their service? So it's obviously based on the client. I find that the best thing to do is to hop on sales calls face-to-face. -face. So instead of phone call, doing things like um, Google Meets, Zooms, um, Teams or whatever um, the third one is called. But um, nevertheless, is like being face-to-face -face with a client and having a sales process that is fairly simple. Stop focusing on all the deliverables, focus on the problem and the solution and uh, break down the price. Also, your price needs to also be higher than what you wanna charge. So if what you're selling um, in your eyes, you wanna ask for 5,000, ask for seven, ask for eight, uh, just because that additional uh, amount is gonna give you also more focus on that client once they close, um, you will help them more. Because the thing is like, I would rather spend 5,000 to get 10,000 than to spend 1,000 and get 3,000. Of course. So. Even if you're spending more, and one of the comments I got on one of my posts that said that was, um, well, why don't you spend 1,000 five times? Is now because you got to deliver five times, right? Mm -hmm. So once you're doing 5,000 and then you get a 10K return, you deliver once. So if you want to deliver five times, why don't you sell 5,000 five times? <laughs> now you get way more than 1,000 times five, right? So same concept goes for the clients is like, setting up that structure of how much they're charging as well as like their sale it needs to be instead of selling it needs to be helping guide the person into the program that is the best fit for them i saw this recent post on ig and it, i think you mentioned as well as well the fact of how expensive is too expensive? Because you know, you tell people to increase their price and they get worried that no one will close. Mm -hmm. But surely the value that you put behind it, like you put a number and that's what people value it at. But there was this funny thing where they said, if the number doesn't scare you, it's not high enough. And I know you say that a few times. Mm -hmm. So if you're pitching at 5,000 and you're mm -hmm. comfortable with it, pitch at 20,000, because that scares you. You're like, yeah. damn, will I lose them? Yeah. But it's funny enough how sooner or later when you start pitching at 20K, people will start biting right. and you end up making more, you get more valuable clients and you end up scaling a lot faster. You're still doing the same service, yeah, right? But you're making four times more. Yeah. So um, I know that we had like clients and coaches come to us that had like multiple packages and they weren't really sure which one to like sell. Mm -hmm. What was your recommendation for that? No, that's a phenomenal question. Um, I believe that coaches need to have one flagship program. Find your Air Force One, build one program that is going to take someone from zero to hero, from where they are to where they want to be. And don't complicate it. Don't give them 10 options. Don't give them five options. Don't even give them two options. That's it. You have your, your uh, unique mechanism. That's the solution. Go from zero to hero through the unique mechanism and that's it. Don't complicate it. One program. <laughs> so what's one final recommendation that you have like for coaches? Uh, work on your offer as much as you can. Uh, most uh, coaches, they, they offer coaching, you know what I mean? So coaches offer coaching. Um, they don't actually offer a solution. They don't offer a timeline. They don't offer something that is understandable. So rather than saying, hey, I'm going to help you uh, become more healthy. Um, I'm a fitness coach. You can say, I'm going to help you, um, for example, have a healthier lifestyle in the next 90 days guaranteed or something like that. Or I'm going to help you 
build your business from zero to $10,000 a month in the next 180 days um, or your money back. An offer consists of three things, a deliverable, a timeline, and um, a safety net. I like that. Well, I appreciate you sharing everything. I know we share like a lot of information. And honestly, if you are a coach, we offer free marketing reviews. Christian literally will go into your Facebook ad accounts, your Google ad accounts, your systems, and tell you exactly what's missing within that process. We offer guarantees. Literally, you have nothing to lose. So if you don't hit your guarantee, we give you your money back. And I'm not trying to sell, I'm just saying, you're probably throwing your money at something that is not guaranteed and probably is not working the best it can. You can follow us on IG, Amel Keelich, Christian Jamal, Gentex Marketing. Also, my book is on Amazon. Your book is on Amazon as well. Roadmap to one milli. Roadmap to a milli. <laughs> and we'll catch you in the next podcast. See you guys. Thank you.